Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. What a beautiful day to be in church. I'd like to welcome all those in our Grovetown campus. I'd like to welcome those in our South campus. I'd like to welcome those in our atrium and all those watching online. Uh, let me say something to those watching online. I want to encourage you to come uh, to the creek and visit us in person at, at one of our campuses. If you'll do that, you'll meet some of the finest people in all of Augusta, Georgia. I promise you. You know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about this young college student that just graduated and he went to his very first interview? During the interview, the interviewer said, well, what do you expect to make? That college student says, well, I expect to make around $125,000 according to the benefits. He said, benefits, what about five weeks paid vacation? What about 14 paid holidays? What about full medical, uh, dental, and vision? And what about a company car? He said, are you kidding me? He said, yeah, of course, but you started it. (laughs) Today, we're continuing our series called Made for Monday. This series is about uh, God's perspective on your work. So many of us uh, thank God it's Friday, but we dread going to church. I mean, going to work on Monday. And so with this series, I want you to come to the place where by Monday, you're saying, I am made for Monday for Monday. We know the big idea for the series is this. Your job is important to God, and it is a part of his plan for your life. Your job is important to God, and it is a part of his plan for your life. The scripture for the foundation of the series is Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23. It said, whatever you do, Work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters or not for human employers. You know, so many times people are not happy with their job. They dread going to work. Well, today I want to talk to you about finding favor in an unfavorable place. Finding favor. Now, we hear the word favor a lot, but what does it really mean in the context in which we're talking about? Favor is when God causes good things to happen to you when you do not expect or do not deserve them. Favor is when God causes good things to happen to you when you don't expect or you don't deserve them. It is when God gives you the grace and the ability to do what you do. Favor causes you to be different. It sets you apart from the ordinary. It grants you an advantage that cannot be explained by human effort or by circumstances. Favor is that power that is greater than yourself. It is that power that is leading you and guiding you and protecting you and helping you along the way. So over the next few minutes, I want to take you through the story of Daniel. And I believe as we study his story, we can see how to have God's favor in our lives and in our careers. Now, Daniel's story is told in the Old Testament. When Daniel was a teenager, Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians. It was about 606 BC, and Daniel became a prisoner of war and spent his adult 
life serving in the courts of pagan kings and pagan rulers. Now, most of the captives that were taken from Jerusalem to Babylon were forced to do hard labor. But there were individuals that had potential that were assigned to royal post, and that's where Daniel and a couple of his friends landed. Now, that sounds like a great break. Man, you got so lucky there, Daniel. But Daniel was a foreigner, and he didn't understand the language. He didn't quite understand all of the customs And so that meant that he had to be very careful not to unintentionally offend the people that he was serving. One day, Daniel's supervisor approached him with a challenging request. He said, I want you to consume the food that we offer to idols because they believed that if you ate food that were offered to idols, it would give you supernatural abilities and favor. Now, that request conflicted with Daniel's devotion to the one true God. So he respectively uh, offered an alternative to that. He said, I understand your perspective, but let's do something different here. Daniel said, you know, for the next 10 days, let me have a, a diet that honors my God. And at the end of those two days, uh, 10 days, after uh, I've gone through those 10 days, during my employer, uh, employee review, if it shows that I'm doing a less than favorable job, I'll adapt your customs. But if I am strong, then I'll continue to do what I'm doing. And he said, that's fine. So God honored Daniel's request. He came back in 10 days. And what happened was they put him and his three friends uh, up on, uh, in front. And they were healthier than all the other people that had eaten from the king's uh, plan. And so what we see as we drop down to Daniel chapter 1... Verse 9, it says, God calls the officials to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Then we see in verse 17, to those four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding and all, of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. In other words, he aced his employee review. Verse 20. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned him, he found them 10 times better than all of the magicians and all the enchanters in his whole kingdom. This was the moment that God launched Daniel into a career where he moved from being a prisoner of war to ultimately being in second chair in the command of the entire kingdom. How do you become How do you go from being a slave, a prisoner of war, to the palace? How does that even happen? Here's how it happens. God's favor. God touched him and God favored him and elevated him to a place of leadership. Now, from Daniel's story, we can learn there's four things that we can expect when God favors your career. There are four things I want to talk about that you can expect when God raises you up and favors your career. First of all, you should expect to receive strategic plans. Daniel goes from being a captive to the ruler simply because he had the answers that people needed. God touched Daniel, and he understood things that he should not have known. 
When kings didn't know what to do, Daniel knew what to do. When officials were confused, Daniel had clarity. When everyone saw problems, Daniel saw solutions. Daniel had the favor of God on him. And this should encourage you because you may be in a season where you are at work and you simply don't know what to do. Maybe there's a problem in your office. Maybe there's a problem um, in the workforce that you're serving. And that God is going to touch you and give you insight and wisdom into solving that problem. God's favor can give you a clear picture of how to grow your business. It can give you a clear picture of how you can expand accounts and expand areas and map out a dream that's in your heart. 36 years ago, Patty and I, with a small group of people, launched uh, this church in a home. The interesting thing about that, that was only four years after we were living in government housing and living on food stamps. So when we launched this ministry, we did it, as you've heard the story, with 24 people and only $369 in that first offering. And what we've seen is God's favor has opened doors that we could never have imagined. Now, 20 years ago, we launched uh, the company Secure Give, and 10 years ago, we launched Low Country Clothier. Now, I want to focus on Secure Give just for a moment and tell you the story. Some of you have heard the story, but others of you have not. Back in 2003, we were going through a capital campaign here at Stevens Creek. We were looking to uh, add to this building, and during a capital campaign, one of the first jobs of a pastor is to examine your own heart and to see how you're going to lead through the campaign. In other words, God, what do you want me to do as uh, the leader of the church? As I am going through that process, trying to figure out, God, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do? I started to look at my own life, and I realized at at that time, I didn't carry cash, and I didn't carry a checkbook, but I lived with a debit card in my hand. Now, you've got to understand, that's not revolutionary now, but in 2003, the market was just changing at that point. And so I started to look at, at my life, and I started to think about that. What happens if there are other people at Stevens Creek Church like me? What would happen if they came to a service and God prompted them to give? How would they give? Well, that question really permeated my mind and my heart. And I started looking for an answer. I started, I searched uh, far and wide. I asked banks. I asked financial institutions. I talked to church software companies. I even church, talked to church bookstores. And every time I would ask them, do you have a bank card donation system for the church? They said, no, that's a great idea, but we don't have it. That's a great idea, but we don't have it. For nine months or so, I searched for that. That is until June the 6th, 2004 at 5.45 in the morning when the Lord woke me up and he said, I have called you to do this. I said, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, I want you to walk through the doors that I will open for you. And over the next few weeks, I put together a team of developers and in, in March of uh, 2005, we launched the Uh, nation's first giving kiosk right here at Stevens Creek Church. Now, thinking about strategic plans, we didn't understand the business world that we were uh, moving into. 
But God gave us strategic plans that when we look back today, uh, we didn't know what we were doing, but it was some of the greatest insight and wisdom that we could have ever had to launch a business. First of all, he said you're to have three streams of income. And so that meant that we're going to have software service. That meant we're going to provide merchant processing. And the third thing is we're going to sell equipment. Now, we launched with those three streams of income, but we didn't know what we were doing. But now, 20 years later, we understand that that was God's favor, bringing clarity to the situation, that God knew what we needed to have stability long before we even knew what was going to happen. That's what God's favor does. God will give you insight into your dream, into your vision. He will open doors that will take you down the road that you have no clue that you even need to walk through that door. But God is preparing you right now for what he has prepared for you down the road. And so you should expect God, um, you should expect God to give you strategic plans. Here's the second thing. You should expect to develop significant partnerships. You should expect to develop significant partnerships. Now, Daniel didn't know anyone. Daniel didn't have a pedigree. He didn't have a network, nor did he have fame. Yet he met the right people at the right time who opened the right doors for him. God's favor will put you in partnerships that you do not deserve. Some of you are here today and you have no connections with the industry that you're serving in. You don't have any understanding and you really don't even have the strings to pull. But with God's favor, I believe he will connect you to the right people and he will open doors for you. Favor will make you attractive to partners whose strengths will cover your weaknesses. God's favor will give you the strength and the ability to fulfill your purpose, and he will give you the people that you need to accomplish that. And you do need other people. You need other people. You need these divine partnerships, and if you feel like you don't need it, you're just not thinking big enough. God wants to expand what you're doing, but the work is just too hard for you to do. So you've got to open up your mind and you've got to think, how am I going to expand the team? How am I going to, um, to share this burden, to share this vision with more people so that the mission and the vision of this company can meet the need um, for the community? So just think like that. Think about significant partnerships. Here's the third thing. You should expect to have sovereign protection. Sovereign protection. Maybe the, well, uh, the most well-known moment in Daniel's life happens in Daniel chapter 6. This is the moment that he was falsely accused and he was thrown into the lion's den. Most of us have heard about a lion's den. Well, this is that story. This is that guy. So he refused to bow down. And so when he refused to bow down, he broke the law. Now, as a result of that, he was thrown into this lion's den. Now, that night, God closed the mouths of the lions, and a Daniel emerged the next day without a scratch in his, 
um, on him and his reputation was restored. Here's the point. The favor of God does not mean that you will not encounter difficulty. There are going to be some difficult days. The favor of God means that the difficulty will not consume you. You will go through the fire, but you'll come through that fire. You'll come through the difficulty. Even though you're in this difficult circumstances right now, I believe that the favor of God can protect you. Our nation is experiencing some unprecedented events. Our economy is uncertain. The inflation is growing and spreading like the plague. Yet I meet so many godly people who are expanding their business, who are being promoted. And you say, how is that happening in a, um, in a culture where there's so much uncertainty? And what they'll say is, God's favor has, is their shield, that God is protecting them. I believe that God is protecting them, and I believe he has the power to protect you. That God has the power to put a shield or a hedge of protection around you and around your family. And yes, one stream of income may dry up, but God's got his anointing in his hand on another stream. That God will meet your needs. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or even imagine according to the power that works in you. So God will protect you. Now, here um, is the fourth one. You should expect to receive supernatural provision. Daniel's journey began when he was 16 years old, and it ended when he was 90 years old. He worked for four different kings, and throughout the whole time, Daniel stayed relevant. For decades, no matter what the need, God provided for Daniel. Look, I know you're smart. I know you um, are hardworking. Uh, but hear this. Nothing that you can do will outperform the favor of the Lord. You may be smart. You have, may have talents and abilities. But nothing that you can do will outperform the favor of the Lord. One moment of favor can change your life forever. One touch of favor can teach you a skill, can make a connection, can open a door, can save you time. One touch of favor can protect you from downturns and propel you forward. Favor is the difference between the best that you can do, and the best that God can do. Favor is that difference between the best that you can do and the best that God can do. Yes, I know you're talented. Yes, I know you're skilled. I know you're educated. But God can do more than that. One touch of God's favor can change your entire career. God will put you with the right people in the right places at the right time. Back in 1949, there was a young minister named Billy Graham. Now, Billy Graham at that time was traveling around America and having revivals in auditoriums in in cities across America. He was traveling around the country, but he was not nationally known at that time. But in 1949, he did a, a crusade And a man showed up by the name of William Randolph Hearst. Now, Mr. Hearst owned newspapers across the country. He was so touched by the message 
uh, of Billy Graham that he called all of his publishers and he told them to write a favorable article about Billy Graham's ministry. And almost overnight, Billy Graham rose to national prominence because of this one man. What happened? There was a divine shift. It was as if God touched Billy Graham and took him further and faster than he could ever, ever, ever imagine. It would have taken him a lifetime to gain the kind of respect and credibility, but God used one man to open a door for him. Could it be that God has already lined up the person, the right people for you? Could it be that God has already lined up in your future the right people to propel your business, to propel your work, to propel your practice for you to go further and faster than you ever imagined? 17 years ago, when we were in the launching phase of a secure gift, Patty and I, we were struggling. And it was during this time that God opened a supernatural door for us, a door that we could have never expected or believed could happen. Here's how it happened. We were at lunch. We were at lunch at El Alazan, and uh, the office called and said, Marty, they said, there's a reporter from the Los Angeles Times going to be Times that's going to be at church tonight. This was a Wednesday night, and back in those days, we had Wednesday night service. Uh, after that, I got off the phone. I looked at Patty, and I said, our lives just changed. And sure enough, Richard Fawcett, a reporter for the Los Angeles Times, came into this room. He was so unchurched. He was so far from God. But he walked in this room, and he sensed the presence of the Lord, and he didn't understand it. But it intrigued him, and it touched him. And after service, he walked up to me. He said, I'm going to put you on the front page of the L.A. Times. Six weeks later, on the front page of the L.A. Times was my picture and a, a headline that said, ATM for Jesus. <laughs> you can't make this up. You just can't. That morning, I was on Good Morning L.A. Uh, a few days later, I was on the Today Show, and I was on CBS Sunday morning, and I was on the Fox, Net, uh, Fox News, and I was on CNN, and I was on the AP. Over the next 12 months, God did immeasurably more than we ever thought possible. That God did something that, that we are still in amaze, that press that we could have never paid for. Now, during this time, there was a bank president um, that was stuck in traffic in San Francisco, California. He was stuck in traffic listening to talk radio. And it just so happens that on talk radio in San Francisco that day, they were talking about uh, Patty and me, and they were talking about Stevens Creek Church. And he heard our names um, on the radio. And the next day, he called me up and said, I know you don't know who I am. And he said, I'm the president of the lending division of Bank of the West. We have a thousand locations across America. And, um, and they became a kiosk. Um, <clears throat> we became a kiosk supplier for their bank. And they never sold a lot of accounts. But the very fact that we became the official kiosk supplier for that bank 
gave us credibility that opened the door for some major accounts. As we had that conversation, um, we started talking about what was going on in our lives, and we were at that point trying to get financing for our next-gen building. That is that building you see right when you walk in, all the children's space. I'd been working on that deal for a year, and it was a struggle. We couldn't get it closed. I'd been working on it for a year, and we were 12 hours away from closing that deal. 12 hours closing that loan so we could start construction. This bank president said to me, he said, Marty, if you'll do this deal, I'll help your church. If you'll do this deal, I'll help your church. He said, I'll give you a lower interest rate. I will lower the closing costs, and I promise you I'll close the loan in 30 days. And he did that, and he saved our church $160,000. The good news is that God has already lined up the right people for you. God has already lined up the right people for you. They may be stuck in traffic in San Francisco or behind a tractor in Kalamazoo. But God has that person and they're a part of God's plan for your life and they will show you favor that you didn't ask for and, and they're ordained by God to accelerate your life. I didn't know this person nor had ever heard of Bank of the West. I didn't search it out. It came to me. You don't have to go and try to find the right person but you honor God, and I believe God will bring the right people, and they will find you. They will pick you out of a crowd. They will knock on your door. They will show up at your office, and for some reason, they want to be good to you. That's because God's got his hand on your life. That's because God's favor is designed for you. So what do we do to attract God's favor? There are three things that I believe that you can do to attract God's favor. First of all, favor begins when you include God in the decisions. Favor begins when you include God in the decisions. Studies show that the average American will invest nearly 100,000 hours at the workplace in their lifetime. Now, Scripture says that God has numbered the hairs on your head, that God has recorded every word that you've ever spoken, that he watches over you as you sleep, that he collects every tear that you've ever shed. If God is that intricately involved in your life, don't you think he wants to be involved in the 100,000 hours that you invest in your work over your lifetime? God wants to be involved in your work. God wants to be involved in your difficult days, and he wants to hear your frustrations. He wants to talk about your dreams. He wants to help you make decisions. All of us have made bad decisions along the way, and the problem with a bad decision is that at the time you made the decision, you thought it was a good decision, but it turned out not to be a good decision. How could it go so wrong? That decision that you made went so wrong because you have limited insight. You have limited knowledge, limited understanding. 
But the good news is this, that God has understanding that has no limit. This is the message of Psalm chapter 147 and verse 5. It says, great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. There is nothing that God doesn't know. His knowledge is total. He is an expert at everything. He can help you um, figure out that problem you're wrestling with. He can help you with the marketing issues. God can expand your accounts. He can even help you with algebra too. God's intellect is so vast. It includes knowledge from the past and the present and the future. Nothing has ever happened that is taken in by surprise. So when something comes up into your life, it's nothing new to him. He knew what your problems you're going to face long before you face them. You know, every time Daniel faced a major decision, Daniel prayed. Daniel included God in the decision before you embark on that new project, before you launch that new business, before you move up into management of your company, you need to pause and you need to include God in the decisions that you make. Because everything that looks good may not be good for you. And sometimes we embrace the good when God has something better in plan. And so I want you to include God. Make it a point to pray about the situation. I want to speak to entrepreneurs just for a moment. I want you as an entrepreneur to be sensitive to God's nudging and God's prompting. People who study entrepreneurs say that they excel in something called opportunity alertness. They know to be at the right place at the right time. They see a product and they know what it needs to get that product to the marketplace. If you want to be successful in business, really, you have to uh, do these three things. Find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. Or find a problem and solve it. And so if you can handle one of those things, there's an opportunity for success down the road at your business. Find a need and fill it. Find a problem and solve it. Find a hurt and heal it. But you've got to have these opportunities. You've got to be sensitive. You've got to have this alertness about it. And what we would say, Harvard Business Review would call it um, opportunity alertness. What we would call it is a spiritual prompting. We would say where God would prompt God will nudge you. God will say, take a step. God will say, embrace this. And we, we take that step. We walk through that door because we're including God in the decision. Here's the second thing. Favor is propelled by how you treat people. You know, work environments have a way of bringing out the worst in all of us. We say things we shouldn't. We think things we shouldn't. We act in ways that we shouldn't. Look, a lot of us work and live in frustrating environments. But just because we live in a frustrating environment does not give us a free pass to mistreat people. We've got to be kind to people. We say it all the time here at Stevens Creek, be nice to people. It is a core value of this church. Be nice to people. Don't mistreat people. 
Even though you have the right to do that, be kind to people. Speak well of people. God ties favor to how we treat people. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 3. It said, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find, you will win favor. You will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and what? In the sight of men. Be kind. So how, are, how do we mistreat people at work? Very quickly, we mistreat people at work by gossiping. Gossiping is saying those hurtful things about others to, to try to benefit us. Sometimes we subtly do it. By, we, try to, uh, we end up discrediting someone, dividing or demonizing someone. The Bible says that that's what God hates. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, it says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those people who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Notice those words. Don't use foul or abusive language. Just because you watch Netflix and they use the F word every other sentence does not give you the right or the should to use that in your vocabulary. Hear me. I want you to think about this when you go to work. You live in a work uh, you live and work in a culture that talks worse than sailors ever thought about talking. And we've got to bring a, a, put a guard on our words. Because you see, your words have power. You have the ability to speak life, to speak hope. And when we allow our, uh, our words to be in the gutter, it is only tearing down um, our ability to influence people. God has called you to be a leader. You need to lift people up. You need to speak what is good and kind and, and caring. You need to speak positive. You need to speak life. Don't fall into the trap of using foul and abusive language, but speak life. Let your words be helpful, not hurtful. How do we mistreat people? We gossip. I think also, uh, at other times, we have this unhealthy ego that we're about just our own gain. We, we look at a situation and we just look, what can I get out of this situation instead of what can I give to this situation? What can I get? What's in it for me? I think you can have everything you want if you'll help other people get what they want. But you've got to have that kind of heart. Um, you've got to have that generosity in your soul. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 49 says, Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. Daniel could have showed up in the king, um, with the king and said, Hey, I'm going to use all of this for my benefit. This is my opportunity. This is my t- chance to make it. But instead, the first thing he did, he said, hey, I've got some friends and they're really good guys. They're great leaders. And he elevated his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was his first request. And I think it's significant. That's uh, what Daniel knew that 
when you open doors for other people, God will open doors for you. When you close doors for other people, God will close doors on you. And so we've got to check our ego. Here's the third thing. How do we mistreat people? It's when we fail to extend grace to them. It's almost like we expect perfection out of our coworkers and our customers. And the moment that somebody doesn't reach our standard, it's easy uh, to mistreat them, to, to let them know it, to have this eye roll, to have this snarky comment, to have this angry outburst. At the end of the day, it's like that we're not giving them any opportunity just to be human. We need to extend grace. We don't know what they're going through. Let me tell you a little secret here. You don't have to be hard on people. They are already hard enough on themselves. The voices, the negative voices that are warring in their mind, they're beating themselves up. Uh, They're struggling because their marriage is on the ropes. They're struggling because of an addiction is out of control. And, And they're beating themselves up. Good leaders extend grace. God wants to use you to be that that person, to shine light into the darkness. Let's close it out with this. Favor follows giving your best. Favor follows giving your best. I've never heard a football coach go out on the field and say, Guys, I need you to give 90% today. 90%. Can you do it? I never stood before a couple as they're doing their, their, their wedding vows and, and they said, I want you to be faithful most of the time. Just most of the time. Just be faithful most of the time. No, we understand that we need to be all in. We need to be all in. It's interesting that uh, in our culture, we've seen the decline in the quality of work. Most employees work hard enough not to get fired. And then most employers pay just enough so that their employees won't quit. And both of those um, practices lead to a place of frustration. And so we've got to work through that. Favor never finds people who do it halfway. But you've got to go all in. You've got to be excellent. Look at what happened in Daniel's life in chapter 6. He said, Then Daniel became distinguished above all the high officials and satraps. Why was he distinguished? Because an excellent spirit was in him. And the, whole, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Daniel didn't have the best boss. He was often mistreated. He was overlooked. But that did not stop him from being an excellent worker. Over 30 years ago when we were um, preparing this church for growth, one of the core uh, values that we embraced was excellence honors God and inspires people. Excellence honors God. So we have strived to be excellent in everything that we do. Not necessarily opulent, but excellent. We're going to give it our best. I think excellence honors God. And I want to just encourage you to give it your best. Don't go about your work being a half-hearted employee. I'm going to close with a story about Oscar Hammerstein. He was a prolific playwright 
And one day he saw a photograph of the Statue of Liberty taken from a helicopter. Now, he lived in New York City uh, much of his life, and he had seen Lady Liberty time after time again, but he was struck by the intricate detail that had been sculptured on her head, her hair, and her crown. They were just as detailed as her feet. This struck him as odd because the Wright brothers did not discover flight until 27 years after this Statue of Liberty was erected. Meaning that at the time, the sculptor had no reason to assume anyone would ever see the top of the sculpture. Yet he went through the painstaking process to design the top of her head. Hammerstein concluded that though he never expected a man to see it, the artist knew this. There is one above who watches over his work. There is someone above. There's one above who watches his work. When you cut corners, when you slack off, when you hold back your best, you think that nobody is going to see it. And you may fool your boss, and you may fool your customers, but I am telling you, there is someone above who is watching your work. And it is for that reason that we need to be all in, whether you're a blue-collar worker or a white-collar or no-collar. I want you to give it your best. Grovetown, I want you to give it your best. South Campus, I want you to give it your best. Colossians 3 and verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for your human employers. Over the next few minutes, I just want to pray over you. Because I realize there's some of you that are, you're going through the struggle. And that you're going through the struggle at work And some of you are going through the struggle at home. And it seems like all the relationships that you're involved in are so toxic. I am going to pray today that God will give you peace in the midst of the struggle. That God will give you peace in your relationships. Where that fight has been building and building and building. That right now as we pray that the the air is going to go out of that, uh, that fight. I'm going to pray for some of you because I believe that God is accelerating you. You have been at a place being faithful for month after month, year after year, and you have convinced yourself that nobody sees what you're doing. But hear me today. The Lord sees your work. He sees your faithfulness. And today, he is going to start to shift things so that you can see that his plan for your life is so much bigger than you imagined. There's another group of here people here that you are walking in God's footsteps. You feel like God has given you this dream and this vision. But for whatever reason, you have run, or you have run into a snag. There's like a barrier here. Today we're going to pray that God will break down the barrier and that God will open the door and truly the windows of heaven will fall on you as you submit and surrender your work to him. So what is it that you need God to do?
What is that challenge? What is that dream? What do you want God to do in your life? I want you to think about that as you stand, and we're going to pray together. Grove Town, let's stand. South Campus, let's stand. And I want you to come to the place where you're open to God's nudging. You're open to God's prompting. That this could be the most significant moments of your day, maybe even your week, or even your life. That this is the moment that you sense God speak right to you. So be attentive and say, God, I'm here. I receive what you have. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this congregation. I pray that the power of your spirit would come and flow over this congregation. God, where people are stuck, I ask God that you'd start to open the way. Where people are covered in anxiety and fear, I speak peace over your life. Father, I pray for those who have been betrayed. They've been betrayed by family members, they have been betrayed by co workers. Even the administrative of their uh, administration of their company. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would restore them. And even we pray the prayer of the Old Testament that you would restore the years the locusts have eaten. God, that you would restore those things that they have lost. That you would give them a new hope and a new energy and a new life. Father, I pray for those right now that are behind in their payments. I pray, Lord, that you would show them, that you would show them your faithfulness and your power, that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. God, I ask that you would bring um, this bill down to a zero balance, the one that they are worried about and stressed about, and give them spiritual insight of what their next step should be in handling that situation. Father, come and, Lord, cover us today. And so today, God, we receive your peace. Say that. Say, God, I receive your peace. Say this. Say, God, I receive your insight. I receive what you have for me. Say that. God, I receive what you have for me today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen, and amen. God bless you today. Let's praise him in this place. I hope you have a wonderful week. We're going to close out this series next Sunday. Hope to see you then. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.